up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today on the show, I have with me Aaron Williams, the COO of Healing HLNG. I know, no vowels, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Go hemp. Go. Healing without the vowels. <laughs> exactly. That's what we do. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime, What's up, man? man? Appreciate it. So it's it's actually kind of funny. I met you in yoga. It's true. And we had a, it was after a C2 class, I believe. That's right. Yeah. We go to a place called Core Power Yoga. And Quick little plug. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The CBY fam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we started talking and it became very clear. You're a very smart guy. You care about Thank your you. well-being. And you're like, yeah. I'm real, I'm in the hemp business. And I was like, that's interesting. Let's talk. So how tell our listeners how you got into the hemp business. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh thanks for lying to everybody, telling mm-hmm. them I seem like a smart guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um yeah, so how I got into the hemp business, well, it really goes back to the to the beginning of my healing path, um, which really goes back to my first major injury. Um, I played college football like you and, um, it was particularly rough on, on my body. Um, and my big first injury was, um, I had some bone growth and which led to cartilage tearing in my right hip. Um, and that became apparent my first, uh, football season in college. And I ended up having uh, surgery after that in the spring and went through the whole process of um, having a surgery and doing rehab and and all that and um, you know a lot of things I was thinking about a lot of things at the time um, and managing pain was obviously one of them and you know <clears throat> surgery was part of that um, right because it was really hard to walk with the state of my cartilage tearing and everything so surgery was the the path to take to start. Um, and then after that, um, you know, it's pain medication. And, uh, at this time, I think the opioid crisis was not as much in the, uh, political, um, and social, uh, atmosphere conversation, yeah. whatever. Um, and, but I was noticing then, um, that, that this, that it was a problem because the amount of, um, you know, pain medicine that they would just give me, you know, and, and I certainly, it was very painful, the surgery process and the recovery. And I certainly needed something to curb the pain, but I was a little shocked. Now, at, which surgery are you talking about? Cause you've had seven, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since, so since, uh, since I, well, since that surgery, I continued to play for a few years after that. But, um, since then, yeah, I've had seven surgeries, couple, another one on that hip, one on my knee, um, I had a thing called thoracic outlet syndrome, mm-hmm. um, which was that because that my collarbone was too close to my first rib. Oh. Um, and in between the two is called your thoracic outlet. And so you have um, you have veins and nerves that run through that opening mm-hmm. and um, them being too close uh, pinched the, the vein and the nerves. Um, I always felt like a little bit of a pain, you know, in that area, but uh, I was exercising one day and this was only like two years ago and all of a sudden I felt funny and looked down and um, my right arm was twice as big as my left and it was all red and I just thought to myself, oh, well, something's wrong. I should stop working out. Yeah. Um, and I was actually about to have a toe surgery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the surgeries, but we could laugh about the toe surgery. <laughs> it started to hurt my big toe. I had like broke it or something at some yeah. point and uh, bone kept growing and growing. So I had this little lump on my toe and it started to hurt in like every shoe. So, so I was going to get that taken care of, but like my last workout before my toe surgery, I, this happened. And, um, and so, uh, I go to, uh, have this toe surgery anyways. I had seen my doctor. He said, yeah, we're, you know, he ran some blood tests and stuff like that. I asked my toe surgeon, should I, um, should we not do it? Like, should I worry about that? And they said, Oh, let's, let's just do it. <laughs> And in retrospect, that's, kind of, you know, it's kind of questionable, but, uh, so I have that and then it's not getting better. The next Monday I go in and, um, I'm, well, I'm talking to my doctor. He says, 
you know, go get this thing called the Doppler exam. And it's just an ultrasound really. And, and it's to detect whether you have blood clots. And so it turns out I had this deep vein thrombosis in my arm. So, uh, and, and right where that outlet is. Um, and so it's, <clears throat> so that's why the blood blockage was there. So I had to have surgery to like vacuum out those clots. And then, um, and then the surgery they do after that is they remove that first rib. Um, and so I had that surgery done as well. And, uh, well, they let me keep the rib by the way. Uh, oh, no way. yeah, as I'm all in my, uh, pain stupor, I'm like, Hey doc, can I have the rib? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you actually can, you can have the rib. You just have to, you know, sign a waiver, you know, to take it out. Make and, Eve out of that. Yeah, exactly. Just, was just uh, I got that joke a lot of times. <laughs> um, my partner at the time was, uh, she's. She said that she was owed the rib. It was her rib to have, <laughs> but I kept it. Uh, nice. um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, seven surgeries. It all started with the hip. And so pain management has been uh, a focus of mine. And at some point I got turned on to CBD and, um, and tried it out. And it was amazingly helpful for me. I, I I should say, though, that I have been a cannabis uh, user as medicine for a long time and through that process, uh, the healing process as well. And I've always looked at it that way. Um, you know, it can be fun. There's this whole recreational versus medical conversation, which is something that um, I certainly think that, uh, you know, like alcohol can be used, I think, as a medicine, you know, philosophically, you know, you have a a stressful tough day and you come home and you have a beer mm -hmm. you know that can do a lot for your uh well-being mental well-being um but uh but anyway so i understand the separation of the two i have a slight problem with it um and i try not to be you know negative about it but i i do i have always looked at it as a medicine so i think even separating the two and calling it a recreational facility versus medical um you know i just I take slight issue with, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but, um, but yeah, I've always seen, I've always, when I was using it, when I was younger, I didn't realize I was using it as medicine, uh, as much as I did, as I, as I learned more about it and what was actually happening, um, in my body. And we still have a lot to learn by the way, and I won't pretend to be an expert, but, um, anecdotally for certain it's done wonders for me, uh, in my pain management um, regiment. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with, uh, reducing inflammation and, um, and just assisting our bodies, uh, to kind of flush out some of these toxins. And so, uh, that's what led me down the path to now, uh, HLNG healing, HLNG yep. wellness, whatever you want to call it, um, is, around the same time that I was really getting into CBD as, uh, and specifically there are medicinal of course, um, properties of all the other cannabinoids, even THC. I know it gets a bad rap, but, um, I think when they're, when they're used together, I've found the, the, the best effects. Um, I think CBD as well without having THC or other cannabinoids, but maybe with some terpenes and, and certain kind of blends of all these, uh, chemical compounds that you can get out of the plant. Um, you can really have some pretty amazing, um, effects and, and I certainly have. So I got into making topicals, um, because I found that with all these injuries and the stiffness that I go through every day, which is, you know, why I do the hot yoga, which is where we met. Um, it's, uh, what I need to do is reduce my inflammation and, um, you know, stimulate movement in my body. And I find that when I use a CBD topical, I, that it, it accelerates that quite a bit. Um, and so I was making these salves and, and so I reached out to a friend of mine, a really great business uh, person and, and person in general. And I said, um, you know, I'm doing this. I have this network of people because um, I just started giving them away to friends and family because of what a great effect I was having. And and then everyone's just, Hey, I need some more of that stuff. I need some more of that salve that you make. And so, um, yeah, I kind of built up this network of people that really enjoyed using it and it helped them a lot. And so, um, that's when the idea of having a business sort of first popped into my head. And, um, 
and sharing, you know, this kind of blend of, of essential oils and, and, uh, and cannabis, um, that I've put together. So, so anyway, he, he was actually talking to a few friends as well at the same time are my now other business partners. There's five of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're kind of littered in the Northwest three, uh, and mountain. Um, three of them live in Bozeman, Montana, one's in Seattle and I'm the Oregon, uh, Oregon guy. So that's, Sorry, you asked no, no, the, no. the long answer. Oh, that's good. That's what uh, this actually could have been longer. <laughs> uh, what what's in the creams? Oh, the creams yeah, that we I'm make. Curious, um, yeah. yeah, so so right now we have a couple of products: the creams and capsules. And capsules are just a full spectrum uh, hemp uh, oil um, put into a capsule and and blended with some like MCT oil oh, um, nice. derived from coconut. Okay. Really good for the body. I know you're into biohacking, yeah, so maybe, so maybe you've been MCT into fasting exactly. and, and yeah, and those uh, medium train, uh, medium chain triglycerides. Right, yep. um, and uh, and then the creams themselves, we have a really nice organic goat's milk based lotion, and we put a bunch of uh, CBD isolate into it, mm -hmm. and uh, and then a blend of terpenes as well, um, and so. Yeah, we found we tested the product for a while on friends and family and um, coworkers and just random people, and um, yeah, we found that it was very effective. Um, and uh, CBD, obviously, uh, but I think the terpenes that are, are are at play as well in there. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of the the amalgamation of ingredients in the cream. Now, are you putting on the cream before you go to hot yoga or That's after? a great question. Um, I actually got into this routine of putting on the salve before. Uh, well, and what then, is a salve? Just to, I'm uh, not sure. It's a, um, thanks for asking. It's a, uh, it is a, and by the way, some people say salve. Some people say salve. I've had funny conversations mm -hmm. about that. Because uh, uh, everyone, everyone says it differently. Also with uh, cannabinoid, cannabinoid. I used to say cannabinoid because it made more sense to me, like cannabis. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then I heard a lot of industry people saying cannabinoid, and and uh, and then, and that's what I thought was then the norm because I had a lot of these people that I respected saying it that way. And then the other day, a guy that I really respect who's been around for a while said can, uh, can, cannabinoid. Now I'm getting confused. Mm -hmm. uh, I say cannabinoid. Yeah, just and to... so it's just you know I'm, I think I'm back to cannabinoid now. Yes. Um, Ah, now I forgot the question. <laughs> salves. Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, salves, um, it's like an oil wax based t topical product, usually more natural, the more natural market of, uh, products that don't have, um, you know, any preservatives or anything in it. So the ones that I were, that I was making were beeswax, um, and then a few different kinds of carrier oils, what we call them, like a uh, almond oil and uh, coconut oil and and things of that nature. And then a bunch of different essential oils as well, mm -hmm. which are packed full of terpenes and have their own kind of healing properties. And so, and I was doing all this research, you know, because I was really I was trying to make something that worked for me, right? And so, um, so yeah, I would use the salve before yoga. Um, because I put a lot of peppermint oil and tea tree and camphor and eucalyptus, things that really would warm you up mm -hmm. at the same time. So also I wouldn't sweat it off um, because of the kind of waxy oil uh, nature of it. It was, it ended up being kind of the, this was a happy accident that it became a really great like pre-workout, um, you know, uh, type of, because it's kind of, kind of like icy hot, but yeah. but like I said, it would kind of stay in that area and keep you warm and almost put this kind of waxy coating over you, which in hot yoga would make me a little bit warmer. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously really good for my body. Um, I don't put the cream on before just because I sweat buckets. Me too. <laughs> and I would just sweat it all off because um, it, it's, it's not it's more designed for um you know a multitude of applications yeah. um and that's why people really like it too the one thing i love the absolutely love the salve and so so do a lot of other people uh the only thing is that it, that the reason one of the reasons why it's so effective is because of the concentrations of essential oils and and um and stuff that i put in it so it naturally smells really strong. It smells great, but it smells yeah. really strong. And it seems like it'd be more intense with the burning and stuff. But since yeah. I played football, that 
I mean, it's almost, it's like home for me. (laughs) I feel, and one of the things that I instantly recognize in you is you're kind of a hardcore person. You want that temperature in that yoga room to fucking be (laughs) super hot. You want to be dying at the end of it. Like that's. I'm competitive. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'm like, man. With myself and with, yeah. Yeah. Even so. when I'm thinking spiritually, like I, I want to get in the zone and find that flow. And which uh, I wish you were in class today because the, the theme was about, you know, kind of finding that flow state, yeah. um, which I studied a little bit in, in school as well, like sports philosophy and stuff like that. And I fascinated by that, you know, concept of stripping it back to, you know, really just, being an agent of in the game or the um the athletic pursuit or or even if you're just you know if you're working you know and you get into flow i do graphic design and Mm -hmm. and marketing stuff and when i there's sometimes i'm just usually music is an enhancer for this and and um and cannabis sometimes too but uh um yeah getting that that flow state but yeah Hardcore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Savs. I've never heard of Savs before. Yeah, I hadn't when I uh when I discovered them was right around this time. I the other thing I should say as well is that I learned someone said you should try out a Sav. It'll help with the, you know, your stiffness and everything like that. And uh and I was like, okay, where where can I get it? And it was at um, you know, a facility, one of the dispensaries. Yeah, you know, all of the most of the dispensaries have a product like that. Um, and so I go in <clears throat> to excuse me. <clears throat> I go in to uh uh get one of these salves and it was it was like fifty bucks for like an ounce. And I mean you see me, I'm a big guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of surface area here. <laughs> I was like, I can make an ounce last like, you know, maybe a couple of days. And so that's what got me into uh, you know, I think I can buy these ingredients in bulk and and uh, and maybe even grow some hemp and uh, process it myself and and make something for myself that is not going to cost me fifty dollars an ounce. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, salves. Um, uh, I didn't know they were a thing, and and uh, yeah, through that process, figured out what a what a salve was, mm-hmm. and then I said salve first too. It's so funny. But I got corrected a bunch. And then you start getting corrected. No, it's Sav. No, it's Sav. No, it's Sav. Yeah. I just, so, don't, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> it's shit you put on your body and yeah. it makes you feel better. That's what's that's the most important thing, right? Tomato, tomato, motherfucker. Yeah, tomato, potato. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> um, what's the industry like? Because I just came from the Craft Brewers Conference in Denver. I that's was the there industry. Kind of as a liaison with Vice Canning. And we're just chatting with brewers and... I was learning, honestly, because I want to have some brewers uh, from a lot of the breweries, mm-hmm. head brewers. Wait, and, uh, Vice Canning, what is that? That's a mobile canning company that serves Sweet. Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. I'm best friends with the CEO, and he, they're growing like crazy. And um, he's It's like, a great business. Yeah. I'm going to be in Denver. You want to come? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll go to Denver for five <laughs> days, dude. Booked a ticket, and I was at the conference, and I learned a lot about a lot of the engineering feats that are going on, the brewing companies and things that you don't think about, there's going to be a can shortage. Right. It's fascinating. Right. And that's uh yeah. International trade. You oh, know, yeah. it's um, all... it is fascinating. Just side note. I do the, I do marketing for a company called Stoller wine group um, out in the Valley here. And uh, we done D by chance. It is. Yeah. Okay. Stoller family. Estate. He does business with them. Uh, I figured so. Cause we have a uh, canned, yep. yeah, it's called canned Oregon. Uh, it's a canned wine and it's a really, really awesome wine. But yeah, thinking about the things that go into the process of getting that wine and putting it in a can and maybe carbonating it. Um, it's, yeah, it's not, um, it, it's, it's fascinating, complicated stuff, you know, especially yeah. the canning. But then, you know, you talk about the, um, that as a service uh, to the industry in, in wine or in beer, not everyone can afford their, their own canning line you know so exactly someone co- that can come in and and uh, show up to your winery and uh, or brewery and can your stuff i mean it's a, it's a needed and awesome service it is and it's like his goal is to move companies smaller breweries up to a can line yeah that's what he's trying to do he's just trying to help people out well that's amazing in the because industry. 
Yeah, because and, and now I think that we are gonna have a state of the art canning line um in our, our next expansion. Um, but we you know, we couldn't have got there without the I mean we could we could have invested all that money, but it really it allows you to test the market on a product. Um and so Which is another done. weird point because there's a lot of um hops in mm. cannabis cousins cousins yeah and so In there the are genus. a ton of can or people with canned drinks that are in the cbd business that came to that conference mm. and looked at equipments there's a big problem in the industry from what i gleamed there was that they need cans that are resealable mm. it's like a fda regulation right. or something and so there it's if you can find a lid, I think they're called mm. ends. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, Julian. Um, <laughs> I believe they're called, we're going to call them lids, but I think the industry term is lids. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, um, if you can, if you could create one that was resealable, like you'd be in the money. And I think we have a sample of one that. That was almost there. That there. Might, yeah, exactly. So it's, it was interesting to see all these people in the, cannabis industry at this craft brewers conference because there's kind of a overlap totally yeah i mean there's overlap overlaps in places that you don't realize that there are so like mobile canning there's uh mobile bottling so wine and beer overlaps and yeah you're seeing all these new cbd drinks and um you know usually there's an idea for a product or a, a new way of packaging a product and then that drives innovation um, and it's, it's certainly something that we're uh, we're always thinking about and and packaging and that's you know the canned wine that's you know part of the the genesis of that is to is to have an awesome wine that's in a more accessible product I oh, mean yeah. uh, packaging you know so to be able to take it out to a place where you're um, you know not going to be able to bring a bottle of an opener glasses whatever i mean we can drink out of the bottle but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, not sophisticated not as, yeah exactly Absolutely. uh it's not as good as uh drinking out of a can so um that's really cool so when did you get back from denver i got back uh friday evening like six i touched down denver is very strange in the sense that it was 77 on monday and Tuesday, and then they had a blizzard warning, and it snowed <laughs> Wednesday. But I think all in all, I went to this uh, concert. I went to a few shows there. One was sponsored by the craft brewing. I think it was sponsored by Ball Cans. Oh, cool. It's a major can producer, and they they have this um, band called the String Dusters. It's bluegrass. Oh, sweet. never been to a bluegrass. I didn't even know it really existed. But. <laughs> It was, What'd you think? It was dope, dude. Bluegrass is fun, huh? Uh, yeah. I love I love all kinds of music. Oh, me but... too. So, and I, I love all music, pretty much, except for Rockabilly. Good. We've talked no. about this on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate no that. Rockabilly? Mm-hmm. No Rockabilly. <laughs> but I would go to a Rockabilly show because I love live music. And so I love talent, basically. I love people that are talented in anything i'm attracted to that i think it's it's great so these to see these guys perform live have that great voices the great mastery of their instruments it was a blast man yeah i love that yeah i let i i totally agree with that there's something about the live music uh atmosphere i mean i'll i'll throw on my headphones and just yeah just turn it up all day but something about being there and feeling the energy of the yes. artists that put not only they're not not only the energy they're putting towards what they're showing you and presenting you in that moment, but there's a lot that went into, you know, the build up to the creation of that song, to the recording of that song, to all the people who enjoyed that song, you know, over the days, months, weeks, years to that point to buy the ticket to be there. Fascinating. <laughs> no, I know, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, welcome back. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like uh, some parallels there with, Colorado and Oregon weather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sporadic. Exactly. Well, yeah. I was happy to miss uh, all the flooding. I mean, the rivers are high, but it rained the entire time I was gone. Yeah. Yeah, we had a like flooding ten- out in uh, Salem, I think, the other day. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was, uh, it. we had our, we were having our greenhouse delivered for the farm. Um, <clears throat> this is a separate project from um, 
uh, HLNG wellness, mm-hmm. HLNG healing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna be the new. That's gonna be the new. The new tagline: HLNG wellness, whatever you want to call whatever it. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted. To, we just want to help uh, in your healing. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a farm out in um, in Philomath, which is out near Corvallis. Corvallis. Yeah, give it up for Philomath. That's my hometown. That's your hometown. Yes, sir. Go Warriors. Oh yes. <laughs> or Warriors? Is that the high school mascot? Yeah. Yes. Go Warriors. <laughs> I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. Oh boo! No uh, way. Sorry. It's all right. Last night was fun. Uh, is the for game one against the Clippers, and they did really well. Oh yeah. I like watching like Lou Williams and the Clippers play a lot. Oh, my gosh. Uh, amazing um but uh yeah go warriors love it yeah <laughs> i have a great uh partner out there um and team of people that um are helping you know bring this uh harvest to fruition and and grow some high cbd quality certified organic hemp that's our uh, goal this year um and uh yeah so we had our greenhouse being delivered and uh it was difficult for the the freight because um there were two of the routes were flooded so yeah so uh going back to answering your question about what the industry is like it's terribly fun and exciting and uh there's i mean fast pace i mean the growth of of cbd has been like astronomical the growth of hemp uh specifically in oregon but then all you know all over the country has been you know huge uh you know the regulatory um things that we can talk about in terms of states you know um making cannabis legal like oregon washington um and now you know the the list keeps growing california um Montana, uh, Montana's just wreck though, but uh, I mean, sorry, it's just medical, but wreck is probably on the way. I didn't Um, know that. Yeah. So, uh, it's crazy fast paced. And, um, and now with the passage of the farm bill, um, that made hemp, uh, federally legal, um, growth is even is, is it's just astronomical. How big was that bill passing? Cause now that we can, you can transport hemp all over the nation. Right. And you know about freight. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, anytime, yeah, you operate in a space that, um, you know, and with, with our company, we decided to start to grow it, um, knowing that this bill was going to pass, uh, at some point we didn't know when we thought 2019 at some point, um, we weren't quite sure, uh, but we knew it was coming and and super happy about that because that was the right thing like it mm-hmm. you know obviously i'm a proponent um but uh we knew it was coming and it ended up coming a little sooner than i expected um and i think that we expected um and passed at the end of last year but yeah massive for us as you know all uh, all of uh, us that that are proponents of uh, cannabinoids and the uh, you know healing benefits of cannabinoids and terpenes and cannabis in general um it's just amazing yeah so just if any of our listeners don't know this you know cannabis you talk about hemp and marijuana and um and they're both the same species of plant it's called cannabis sativa um and what the difference is is really the chemical composition uh you know the final chemical composition once harvested of those different types of genetic profiles and so marijuana um when we talk about marijuana we talk about high thc strains um typically they're lower in cbd but a lot of uh um, genetic research is going into to these types different types of strains that have different um um you know, chemical compositions and percentages of this percentage of that. Um, and then hemp is classified as hemp by the U S government as less than 0.03% THC. So, um, so really, really low THC, but then those genetic, um, uh, varieties, uh, so to speak are typically a lot higher in CBD we can talk about a lot of this. I'm not a horticulturalist. Uh, uh, I've learned a lot over the last few years. And, um, but, uh, you know, one of the cool things that I was learning at the MJ BizCon was the, how much, and I didn't, I didn't know this 
early on, I, I had a hunch just coming from, I have a wine background and, and can talk about wine grapes and, and wine grapes there, there's a lot of variation year to year in the final, final chemical composition of the grapes, um, you know, having to do with what, you know, the climate and, and all, all sorts of things, soil, what you, yeah, bit. soil, what, you know, what you feed it when, um, when you harvest it, uh, you know, there's, a there's tons and tons and tons you can talk about. That's one of the reasons why I got into that industry to start was that I knew it would be a lifetime of learning. So, um, but same, same thing with cannabis and we're just learning, you know, we're on the precipice of learning everything a lot more about it. I mean, you think about wine, wine has been around for, you know, centuries, you know, it's been, it's an established industry and we're just in the beginning of, uh, of this. And because it was illegal, you know, we didn't have the kind of research going into it. That's going to go into it now. Um, or that is happening right now, or that has happened. There's been a lot of research done in Israel, particularly. And, and no, that was very interesting. They're yeah. quite ahead. Well, I should say as well that that the discovery <coughs> of uh, cannabinoids, um, uh, cannabinoids, cannabinoids, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, terpenes and stuff like that, they were first isolated uh, and discovered by a doctor researcher in Israel. His name's is Raphael Meshulam. Um, and so he's kind of, you know, considered one, you know, one of the fathers or, um, you know, beginning, um, really important figures in the industry. Uh, and, and so that's one of the reasons why Israel has such a strong, uh, research, um, component. Uh, and, and, you know, and they've supported that the, the government supported that. And, um, and so, yeah. Now. Uh, this is a little bit of woo-woo here, but... A, a little bit of woo-woo is okay. See, a little bit of woo-woo. You've got to have a little bit of woo-woo. You have to have a I mean, little bit of woo-woo. we do yoga. There's a little bit of woo-woo. Definitely. But the Helps me sleep at night. The, <laughs> you know, the cannabinoid receptors in your brain. I was reading an article a while back about this guy that was theorizing... Uh, the, <laughs> that was theorizing um, that we certain human beings might be deficient... And that that's maybe why there was a lack of empathy in some of our Western culture. That was like interesting, that's an interesting fucking mm. hypothesis. Yeah, he's taking that um, into multiple different levels of consciousness and you know chemical compositions of our brains and mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, I'd love to think more about that, but he uh, um, he might be onto something. I think it's possible, certainly, that, um, you know, I mean, we, so one of the things I didn't say is that we produce uh, cannabinoids in our bodies, um, uh, and naturally, uh, I always forget what the main one is called, it starts with an A, um, but, um, what would you know, be, a, uh, a cannabinoid that we produce naturally in our bodies. Oh, we're going to pull that up, Mad oh, Max is on it. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, keep chatting. Yeah, um, so we produce them naturally, and so I, I don't think that that's a, you know, too out there of an idea. Um, what is it called? Uh, if you go if you Google uh, cannabinoids that our bodies produce, maybe that'll come up with it. Um, the art of googling. Uh, um, yeah, uh, so. We produce these, so I mean, it stands to reason that everyone produces different, uh, differing levels of of these types of things. And uh, um, let's see, let's see. You know, I didn't really talk about the endocannabinoid system yet either, which is you were talking about those receptors, CB1, yeah. CB2, and um, that's what uh, where that interplay is happening between uh, these compounds in cannabis, CBD, cannabidiol, uh, THC. CBG, CBN, um, and so we're really scratching the surface of understanding how these uh, interactions are happening in our bodies. Um, but that's kind of what we know now. And but yeah, I mean, it kind of it stands to reason that we would have differing levels of these things in our bodies. And and uh, anecdotally, everyone responds differently to uh, THC, CBD, uh, different. Um, you know, uh, like I said. Um, uh, amalgamations of these things, um, different blends, you yeah. know, uh, I know personally, 
there are certain strains and uh, we had a little bit of the strain conversation before yeah. that you can't uh, just going off of a name. This is one of the things I was just going to get into about the, you know, comparison of wine to cannabis is that actually growing the stuff and the decisions you're making in the, in the field uh, there, they affect those final uh, chemical compositions. So, um, yeah. So that being said, uh, you can get this kind of variance, you know, depending on when you harvest and when you don't harvest. Uh, but uh, it's, I've heard it's good to keep the plants plants under stress. That's why some people put fans on them. I, I don't, I don't know. I've never grown um, pot before. You know, and again, not being a horticulturalist, um, and you know, terminology matters. And this we talk about like stressing vines, mm-hmm. you know, in the wine industry. And uh, I've always subscribed more to the idea that there's it's a certain kind of stress uh, when you think of stress it's like oh let's fucking stress them out let's give them you know let's not give them water let's mm-hmm. you know let's uh let's punch them a little bit <laughs> uh, at them. No. yeah <laughs> let's uh but it's really it's really like you know it's really a balance of um uh it's really a balance of these things um that and it's really what are you managing, right? And when you're in when you're in wine, you're managing, you know, canopy growth and and um, you know soil moisture and 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 warmth and and you know it's probably true uh, in cannabis as well. But um, uh, all these decisions, the the gist of it is that all these decisions that you're making along the way, uh, and the more you measure along the way and data that you collect, the the better you can. Um, you can manage these things and it's really what is your goal. And so if we're, if our goal is to grow high CBD hemp flower, then uh, we have that in our minds when we're doing what we're doing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's so easy to just go on so many tangents and on this topic. So, <laughs> There's no so book, always put, no worries, man. yeah, back on track if I, um, if I stray, but uh, it's, yeah, so much fun. There's a lot of knowledge. You're, you're running this company and there's so the much a bunch of great guys exactly there's so much to know and i don't know how I, you couldn't keep it all straight in my mind i'd be bouncing well, around all the time well thank you yeah i mean there's so much to know but there's so much we don't know and um so much i don't know and so yeah it's difficult because one of our challenges as an industry is educating the consumer base um about these things and and um and not having the research background um uh although that's the tide is uh is shifting there but um it does make it a bit of a challenge and uh i kind of go back to talking about my personal story when when talk and you know friends and family members that have really benefited from um you know cbd and and cannabis in general um uh, my mom being one of them she uh you know her days are better when she's, you know, taking a full spectrum hemp, hemp full spectrum capsule. She feels a lot better. She deals with like fibromyalgia, oh, chronic man. pain. Um, she's got, you know, a suite of, of health issues and um, she's amazing and positive and, and just takes it day by day, but it helps a ton. You know, it helps me a ton. I usually will take like a capsule or something, uh, consume a little bit before yoga because it, it helps me get through that along with the heat helps me accelerating into that, um, getting breaking through some of that. Yeah. Uh, fascia, you know, have you thought issues. about, um, it's my idea. Ready for it. Put putting turmeric in, in some of the capsules as a, just another oh, yeah. anti-inflammatory. Absolutely. So, and w- when I was putting together the, the salves by there's, there's turmeric oil, um, and the salves essential oil, um because of its anti-inflammatory properties so um you know when we talk about wellness we talk about it from you know a sixty thousand foot view and its activity movement um i will never be someone who's going to act like you know cbd is going to cure your uh whatever ailment you have make your life so much better that you um you know you start sprinting down the road if you couldn't walk before um i won't be one of those people but it, it like I said, it's helped me a ton. It's helped a lot of people I know, a lot of anecdotal evidence. We're learning a lot more about it. But wellness, I mean, you got to move, you know, you got to eat well. Um, 
you got to take care of your mental health. Um, you know, you got to, uh, you really have to take this holistic approach. Um, and so, so yeah, things like, you know, we know about other things that help us as well, like turmeric and, um, you know, and like all those things that I put in the salves and, um, just eating well, I eat vegan, um, which has been, you know, an amazing thing for me as well. Being, being lighter, you know, um, is, is helpful because of my joint pain and, and, um, but I, I move freer as well. I, uh, I feel better all the time. Um, and by the way, it's not hard to, to eat vegan and eat delicious, uh, at the same time. It's so easy. I mean, I love vegetables and, um, and I've been lucky to have a mom that cooks really well and, uh, best friends that are chefs and, um, it's just, you know, you can be just as creative and have such a fun time, you know, with, uh, a vegan diet. But, um, yeah, so for me, it's, uh, holistically it's movement and activity and, and, uh, and I like cross training and I'm getting back into surfing and I always loved swimming and my, one of my coaches, uh, invented this like aqua jogging suit called AQX and, um, and I would aqua jog all the time and that was amazingly helpful for me to, you know, not zero, but close to zero gravity, you know? Um, but the key is just, you gotta move. Um, you gotta be mindful of what you put in your body, uh, in and on your body. Um, and you need to take time, you know, for yourself and, and, you know, relationships are, our key and um and then and then yeah these other things that we can kind of tap into um like turmeric like cbd um like kombucha you know these are the things that you know these are the things that will lead to total human optimization that's right biohacking i i agree with you very very strongly and on a lot of those points um there i am not a vegan but I appreciate that you didn't, you know, you don't force that on me. And I, but I do agree that a ve- I eat vegan a lot. I eat, there are meals. I have go meatless Mondays, man. I, I just eat it. vegetables. Well, and I, uh, it wasn't, uh, an aha, I'm going vegan moment. For you me. didn't join the cult, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every, yeah, everywhere you look, there's going to be a cult for every way of exactly. thinking, right? Uh, or, you know, we, to say it in an extreme way, but, uh, <laughs> You know, it's uh, it was kind of one of those things where I just kind of woke up one day and couldn't remember the last time I ate meat, and then you know, and then I started thinking about it and thinking about um, you know, environmental aspects of it. And uh, by the way, I mean, you know, I, I try to. I think like you, one thing I admire about you is that you you very open mind and um, and the way, and I think that's really important to live a healthy life as well is to be open minded because um, they're not always one way there's not always one way to look at things although there are facts are facts and science is science but Mm -hmm. uh you know it's uh being open-minded is important um and um and so the reason why i brought that up is that because i've heard arguments on you know one of the things i've heard uh a someone who's a hunter meat eater uh, i can't remember where who this was oh it might have been a joe rogan episode that oh it was with ted nugent um, and one of the things that he was saying was, cause he's got this ranch, uh, I can't remember where in Michigan or something Texas. like that. Texas. Yeah. He, you know, he claimed that it was the, one of the most biodiverse places on. That was a ranch in Michigan. That was, uh, fact was checkers Michigan? wrong. Yeah. You're right. It is Michigan. Fact checker. <laughs> <laughs> I love anyway, it. Uh, yes, go ahead. Uh, oh yeah. So he was talking about how biodiverse it is cause he hunts, you know? Um, and I mean, that's, uh, it, the way he talked about how, much energy he got from uh shooting guns and stuff like that that's beside the point i mean that that i don't know if i agree with but and i don't know you know just keeping an open mind to the other things he was saying one of the points that i thought was intriguing was that he said you know and true the more i've learned about conventional agriculture is that agriculture has been harmful to the to the planet as well 
just like ranching. So it's just, you know, you know, being thoughtful in our industries and, and the way we do things and, and what we put into the, into the earth and all that stuff's really um, important to me, but keeping an open mind. Uh, so I brought that up cause we're talking about vegan yeah. veganism, you know? And so uh, I would say that in general, I just really like animals. So, mm-hmm. so that is part of it, but, uh, but you know, it's really a, a health thing as well. And I, you know, I've never felt better from this yoga. I mean, I mean, when I was like 16, I was feeling pretty solid, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but for the last 10 years, like pretty much since that the inception of my injury career, so to speak, um, I haven't felt this, um, this good since then. And yeah. I, I attribute that to, to CBD, my, um, yoga practice, um, and, uh, the way I've been, uh, consuming, um, things to eat and drink. Yeah. And as so. long as you understand that, you can't ever get away from life sustaining life, unfortunately. In order for one organism to live, a death has to occur. And even. We're getting reincarnation. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just You're eating plants, and plants could be sentient. You look at the acacia trees in Africa, and if you have right. a, a giraffe that's eating one, they'll send a chemical signal through it via wind, right? And then the leaves down the line will become bitter do you know that i didn't know that oh dude that's, that's fascinating we did a podcast with this uh dr james cassidy and we talked about oh no james Cassidy, sort of a, a neuro network system underground with roots of and stuff. mushrooms mycelium yes yeah and that's yes, a fungi yeah yeah, yeah. fungi mycelium came back to me isn't uh, yeah isn't that crazy it's nuts was he the guy that was on joe rogan no no he wasn't i'm There's, not that good yet <laughs> well, no you guys are on your way this is awesome thank you by the way for having no problem uh, but yeah mycelium yeah, um, it's, it's go ahead pull that back mycelium is a vegetative part of a fungus or fung uh, fungus like bacteria calling me uh, colony consisting of a massive branching thread like i'm not i don't know hyphae sometimes yeah, called shiro but anyways, yeah, these things decide in the forest who lives and who dies, who gets nutrients and whatnot. It's like yeah. a, it's nuts. Well, so um, I think that epi- that Joe Rogan episode with the mu- mushroom guy, uh, fun Paul, guy, fun Paul. guy. He was a fun guy. Uh, yeah, I forgot his I forgot his name. But this guy, you know, he's fascinating. But he talked about. Um, I think one of the things that he brought up, and I could be wrong. I could have heard this somewhere else, but um, it was. Uh, oh, he talked about in Japan. Um, the railways? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They were trying to um, design a new like subway system. And they ended up tracking the mycelium or the fungi networks under the city because they had, um, they had themselves developed this uh, super efficient uh, way of navigating through the city and underground. And so... I think he was talking about how, uh, you know, the Japanese engineers were actually, you know, taking some advice from the mushrooms on what to do. And uh, I just find that fascinating. Okay, uh, Paul. I think it's a, uh, I think we have a lot to learn from nature. This is an overarching, you know, statement. And uh, yeah, this mycelium networks and um, uh, all this stuff is so interesting. Uh, is Paul... Yes, that's yeah, the guy right yeah, there. Him. Um, yeah, Stamets. Stamets, Paul Stamets, yeah. Um, Stamets, so I was, Stamets. Um, sure. But what I did, oh, wanted, the Tokyo experiment, when they had the, they grew the fungus and it made a more advanced rail yeah, system. Yeah, 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 yeah. That blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I think that was an American scientific that uh, I was reading about that. It's fascinating. I, I heard it from this guy, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Paul uh, Stamets. Have you tried Stamets. his supplement? No, dude, I, I have. have. You have. Oh, what do you oh, think? man, you. I, I'll send stuff? you a picture after the Please podcast do. of all the stuff that all the supplements I've taken. Dim, Ashagaya Wander. That's for test, testosterone production. Yeah. yeah. And you know, vitamin D. Obviously, that's key. Fish oil, krill oil. Yes. I could keep going, but well, biohacking. Yeah, just to. I mean, our bodies need these nutrients, um, and. We have a lot of research into the, you know, vitamin C, Bs, Ds, all those kinds of things. But there are these these other um, uh, kind of natural 
products out there now like like turmeric and uh i always butcher it i think when i read it is ashwagandha 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 yeah, yeah. that stuff <laughs> um yeah all these uh all these other great um uh kind of natural ways to to address some of the, the things in our bodies that we're trying to address or enhance. Lion's mane is a form of like neurogenesis and also the credenza mushroom. But I've experimented with lion's mane, which you can buy um, at the store. Yeah. That's helped a lot. I, I definitely think my neuro connections are improved, but I could be a combination of eating right, eating lifting, right, moving, running. Yeah. I just see both. <laughs> well yeah you know you're right i mean if it works it works the, there's the power of the mind yeah right and uh it's something i'm constantly thinking about and trying to enhance in 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 my daily world but i mean the way we think is really uh important and the the high and yeah the how and why um you know the thoughts that that flow through our stream of consciousness and how we interact with them it's yeah. uh yeah, I could talk about that for a while, but the you know the placebo effect is uh, effect is real. Uh, Definitely, is. we know that there, through this you know scientific mm -hmm. method, we've we know that that works. But you know it could be a combination. It's unfortunate that we don't know. You know we can take all these supplements I, and we can live certain ways, and and if you just feel better, you feel better, and you know. Um, but it'd be it'd be great if we could kind of pinpoint so you can optimize like you were talking about exactly. This leads me to the most important question on Rick's mind. I'm ready. Do you believe in Bigfoot, sir? <sighs> Dramatic sigh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, he is my father. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, God, I love that question. I mean, for a number of reasons. Uh, I just think back to the time when my sister took me to a Tenacious D concert. Wait, in Bend? No, it was uh, this one was in San Francisco. I grew up in Santa Cruz, California. Okay. Um, and my sister took me to a Tenacious D concert in, um, it was the Pick of Destiny. Oh my God, it was so good. And it was, yeah, it was They like, did the Sassfrass. They did that at the show I saw in Bend where they brought Sasquatch onto the stage. Oh, was, yeah. Like, it around. was so amazing. Yeah. I just, those guys are hilarious. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I walked away with a T-shirt that just said "He is He is real," and I think on the back it said "He and He is my father." Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, you know, um, I think there's a network. You know, this Chupacabra network, you know, down south, and then <laughs> I love it. We have our Northwest contingent. Of, exactly. Of Sam Squatch. Um, there is. A, I don't remember that. I think it's called um, the Sasquatch Defense network or something oh some is guy, something i need to know about some guy made a website i don't know i don't know if i can network bsa says watch militia that's it <laughs> I oh want, my gosh so viewer you listeners there's this uh website where this guy all right i'll just read read it to you it says we're looking on it looking at it right now are you an able-bodied sasquatch age 10 to 150, who loves his or her country? If so, the Republic of Cascadia needs you to enlist in the Sasquatch oh, of course it's Cascadia. and defend our homeland against our many enemies, including such nefarious evildoers as Canadians, Southern California, geoduck oh and gosh. tree octopus poachers, paraterrestrials, American, international organized <laughs> crime syndicates, and noisy cryptozoologists. <laughs> Oh, I know. You can't forget about those. Cryptozoologists. They just <laughs> there's there's too much lore in, in Sasquatchism or what I just can't I believe this is a there's a mythological forest creature roaming the Pacific Northwest. Life oh, yeah. is so much more fun if you believe it. Even yeah, though it's probably at least in the bullshit. ocean, man. I mean there's gotta be the Sasquatch of the ocean. I mean, talk about a, a an un uh unexplored explored, region yeah dude. i mean although blue planet 2 was uh was pretty awesome i have not seen it oh god you gotta watch it bro right? here's what i'm excited about right now fucking got's on tonight yes <laughs> by the right. way sh shout out to my business partner uh his name's dave david he 
I was not against it, but I just never got into. You were smart. Game of Thrones, yeah. Giant waste of time. Yeah, I, I love mean, it. Yes, yes, and but so he's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta do this. So when I moved in with him, he's like, we gotta watch the whole thing. So in a matter of like uh, three weeks or something like that, yeah, just episode just after episode, every night, it. yeah, just powered through it. Oh, and that was really actually a really fun way to i'm glad that i experienced it that way versus like every sunday or whatever it was mm-hmm. for and then waiting there's nothing worse than like waiting for that next season to come out exactly. just want to keep power th- powering through it but i am excited for tonight mm-hmm. and tiger's back oh my gosh i can't believe tiger's won the masters man. i know I'm talk about so a fucking jacked talk about a fall from grace in a in a in a long journey back to the top um, well, and we, you know, I think uh, if he wins a couple more, you can say he's back on top. But, but I mean, he had that great showing, and was it the U.S. Open? Mm-hmm. Um, and almost, you know, scratched his way back from that. But I was always a huge Tiger fan, and you get these uh, people that, you know, just despise him. Um, you know, you know. I mean, I was listening to talk radio on the way to yoga and a guy called in and was just like he's the worst person ever he's he doesn't tip people you know he's going off of some sort of anecdotal you know uh uh evidence of him not being a good tipper you know or just being a jerk you know and i think i i don't know the guy i mean uh i don't know what he's been through he he could he you know he's he's been in the spotlight his whole life and he's uh you know he's had to press pause here yes one the guy that called in Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's not like you have women literally throwing their panties at you every moment you turn. You can't fucking relate to Tiger Woods. Who are Wait, you? Speaking. Yeah, and he, well, what was funny about it was that. Um, Speak for yourself, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, um, I think that, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. I think we're in an important time. Um, you know, with me too and, and, and everything. Uh, and I would, will never support adultery. Um, and you know, the, the actions that unfortunate that he has a very public, you know, life. And that, that was, I mean, talk about a fall from grace, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, um, that guy, the funny thing was that that guy didn't even mention adultery. He talked about him being a bad tipper. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting there going like, Oh yeah. You know, t- being a bad tipper was the one example for the guys just calling saying Tiger Woods is an asshole. And I don't know him. I've never interacted with him. I can't say that. I love watching the guy play golf. Um, I think, you know, he changed the game of golf. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was quite interesting that the guy's, you know, talking about tipping. Yeah. And it doesn't bring up the the reason why a lot of people actually don't yeah. like him is because of, uh, you know. I mean, you just think about all the young people that really looked up to him and then... Um, you know? But yeah, I mean, but at the same time, man, we're, no one is, knows what it's like to not maybe two percent or a half, a fraction of a percent of the population would know what it would be like to be famous and all the challenges. Like, I can't say that I have a strong enough willpower to be like smoking hot. I can't yeah. do it. I don't. I don't know. Well, never been in that position. Yeah. Well, more part to you. Yet. Well, and you're not married, right? No. No. Yeah. I mean, but that. I mean, you're. You know, you might change the way you think about that when you 100%. do commit to someone, and and I think when you're you're married and you have kids, it doesn't matter how famous you are, um, or if you just you've commit yourself to somebody. You know, there's if if the common understand the thing is if there's a common understanding between two people and that's broken, which obviously it was, or else she wouldn't have been breaking his car with his <laughs> nine iron. <laughs> uh, she hit him in the head too, I think. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Ooh. Well, no wonder he wasn't playing well for a long time. <laughs> My favorite Tiger thing is uh, he had played bad in one tournament, and he was, was like, yeah, my, I don't think my glutes were firing quite right. And he was, like, dead serious about it. It was not a joke. He's misfired glutes was his excuse on uh, poor see, golf. See, and that's uh, – that to me – I mean, he's obviously one of the best athletes that we've ever seen and he, because he's thinking on that level of athleticism. You know, he's even thinking about to how his glutes are firing, <laughs> which, by the way, I mean, like, golf is such a unique movement. Like, I mean, you th- hip movements and glutes and stuff like that, you know, it's all uh, – I know that's all applicable, and I don't know, you know, I can't speak to it on on uh, the tiger glute, glute level. But, uh, 
Uh, but when I was thinking about this guy ripping into a tiger about being an asshole and everything like that, I was thinking less about, you know, what it's like to be famous and, and, and that kind of stuff, but more, um, like everyone's different. And, uh, and I've always seen tigers maybe like a, a slightly, um, you know, just a different guy. I mean, like he, you have to be a different guy to be that focused, oh, and, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and everyone has, a different level of social ability and, and, uh, I'm sure he's a great guy to hang out with. Uh, but, um, you know, I think, uh, I think I've always seen him as maybe a little bit socially awkward and sometimes that can come off as being an asshole. Yep. So I'm open-minded enough to think that maybe tiger tiger mm. based off of stuff like the glute comment, yeah. you know, might just be a little different. And you well, know. he, it's a individual sport, you know, and he started when he was like 17 16 or at least famous at that point right and i can't really even um i don't i haven't dug much into you know his biography but i know enough to know that his dad was a pretty intense guy right and raised him in an intense way and you know um it's all rick it's all nature and nurture right that's right we're all born with a certain level of uh you know chemical composition and and dna that you know dictates how i look and and uh and am able to move and think and all those things but you can't discount the the nurture and how um how much that can uh affect how someone behaves and so that's why i like i try to keep an open mind when i'm at the coffee shop and the guy in front of me you know is being an asshole you know who knows what kind of morning he had what kind of week he's had what kind of upbringing he had he may have had only assholes in his life, so uh, let's bring him. In, let's bring him some nice energy. Mm-hmm. I think I look, at, I look at life on the same lines, and so it's a good place to end with a little tidbit for the listeners. Everyone that you meet in your life is just—it's basically you in a different life, right? Like I'm you, you, you're me. Like I don't know if that guy's parents screamed at him and told him he's a worthless piece of shit and that's why he feels that way but i need to think that way if someone's rude to me like how would you be or you don't know if some the reason someone's morbidly obese is because every single time their parents fought maybe the mom or the dad go let me go get you some ice cream from a young age causing them to have food as a coping mechanism you just never know so be nice to everyone and also where can people get your product, man? Where can they? I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I agree, by the way. I think the more, the more nice, the better. Um, we're all a part of the same world and universe. And, um, and you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Golden rule. It's golden for a reason. Um, but yeah, uh, we'd love it if anybody wants to try out the product. I mean, you can always get a hold of me. It's uh, um, Aaron at com. Uh, feel free to email me, uh, but we sell online, um, hlngwellness.com. Um, the creams, capsules, uh, we're probably going to come out with a tincture soon. Um, and we're going to keep growing and trying to offer really, um, really high value, high potency, effective uh, CBD products derived from hemp. Um and so yeah, you can get it on our website. Um, we are uh, we have a good presence in Montana Montana medical dispensaries, um, and yeah, we're we're just trying to expand. And uh, the key is, you know, we haven't done much marketing yet, and um, uh, we are expanding that right now. But the key is just trying it out, right? And for us, it's getting it in people's hands. We I use it every day. Um, you know, we all. We all love the product and and stand behind it. And if if you don't, that's why we offer a satisfaction guarantee. We'll you know we'll send you something else or your money back. Um, but yeah, we uh, we uh, stand behind it. You just gotta give it a shot and um, and uh, yeah, stay in touch. We we uh, actually sponsor a podcast ourselves, um, and uh, it's called the Five Minute Hemp Newscast. Check it out on where you find your podcasts, but iTunes, uh, Overcast, Spotify. I think it's on all of them. Love it. Uh, but yeah, it's five minutes of news about the hemp industry. Um, the host, David Farmers, uh, just spectacular. You know, quick bits. I think our last one, I loved the way he ended our last one. He uh, 
he talked about how Martha Stewart just signed this contract with Canopy Growth Partners, Canadian um, cannabis company. I think they're publicly traded. Uh, you know, big contract to to consult in CBD products, and so so just like new fun news stuff like that. Um, we you know we do that, and um, yeah, and the farm um, is, that's uh, out in Philomath is called Fenders Blue. Um, I'll probably hopefully get to get around to marketing that at some point, you know, having a website or something mm-hmm. like that, talking about, you know, what we believe in, why, why, and how and why we, um, grow hemp and the way the things that we do certified organic and why we believe in that. But yeah, Fenders Blue, uh, farm and, um, HLNG or healing HLNG wellness, whatever you want to call it <laughs> back to it. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I'm doing in the hemp space, trying to get into extraction and stuff like that too. Well, but we'll get you back on the show and I'd love see that. how you're doing. You know, I, I always think it'd be, um, I was working for Linfield College in the wine program, um, and we have this thing called the Oregon Wine History Archive, um, which is a really great w- resource, and um, they do in, oral history interviews. I think they're trying to turn into a podcast, but just about the Oregon wine industry. It's really fascinating. Um, one of the things I was talking about to the director there was uh, interviewing people when they're in the beginnings, beginnings of their wine career and then, you know, interviewing them 20 years later and how interesting it would be to kind of plug those next to each other. So yeah, have me back. We're going to do hundreds months. of episodes. So you'll just, you know, yeah. just pop, it'll just teach you a text and I'll be ready. And yeah, I mean, to. this industry is going so quickly. Exactly. We'll have a lot to talk about in a, you know, uh, in a week probably. <laughs> exactly. man. So thank well, you very much. No I really problem, appreciate man. it. Anytime you're a great guest. Thank you. All right. Happy my, to be here. Thank you. All right, people stay inquisitive. Facts were checked. I love you. I tried. We're out. <laughs>